podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a new podcast, The Paddock and the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. Hello everyone. On today's podcast, I'm delighted to welcome young Warwickshire medium pace bowler, George Garrett, to The Paddock and the Pavilion. Hello, George. How are you? Hello, I'm, I'm very well. Thanks, Stephen. How are you? Are you well? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Um, you've just celebrated your 21st birthday, is that is that correct? I have, yes. Yeah, it um, feels a bit strange and surreal. Another lockdown birthday, but um, yeah, it's just, just another number really, isn't it? <laughs> well, when you get to my age, it's a bit more of a number because I've just yeah. uh, celebrated another one, but let's not go there. But uh, how was a, a 21st birthday celebrated during a lockdown? Um, I suppose like everyone else, really, a few Zoom calls with families, um, you know, a lot of um, kind of cards sent through the post, you know, done online in a rather than handwritten, they're done through Moonpig. I think Moonpig. No, but yeah, it was a it was a, a birthday was spent in a way that um, as best I could, I suppose, rather than any anything too extravagant. We're pretty limited with our options, aren't we, really? Yeah. So you weren't able to see your family personally, only by sort of Zoom calls and things like that. Yeah, and no, I haven't seen them for, for a while, actually. But, um, yeah, they're down in Hertfordshire, just north of London. So, but, um, No, I'm sure as and when the restrictions allow for, allow it, um, I'll, I'll be down there to, to celebrate as and when. Good. Well, you did have some uh, fantastic news fairly recently, though, because you just got awarded a two-year contract with Warwickshire. I did, yes. I was pretty pretty fortunate to get a, another contract um, extension. That was a, a bonus. Uh, I suppose after COVID last last summer, it was very frustrating for, for a whole host of reasons. So to get that security was, um, yeah, just reassuring, I suppose. And as a young bowler and a young cricketer, that's all you can ask for, I suppose. So how did you find out? Did they tell you personally? Or? Um, so I had a few conversations with Paul Farbrace, um, and pre- preliminary, I suppose. And then, um, yeah, just the ball got rolling and... Um, yeah, I suppose it must have been a couple of months ago now that um, all, was, all was signed, sealed and, and um, passed off and ready for the summer. So I'm looking forward to it now. Well, you've had a few practice games. I noticed um, you've played a couple of second team games in, in March. Even that, that seems uh, hellishly early for playing cricket. How cold was it? You know what? Last week was we played the two-day game on the two um, really nice days. So it was 20, 20 plus degrees and... I've never, never known anything like it. It was, um, it was like playing in June. However, this week has been, like you say, hellishly cold. We did fielding practice this morning and that was, um, yeah, yeah, it was a lot of bruised hands and um, hands in pockets and hand warmers certainly make their money at this time of the year with cricketers, that's for sure. So plenty of body warmers and hand warmers in your pockets and that? For sure, 100%, 100%. Right, well, let's um, go back to... Uh... The beginnings of your cricketing career. Well, the first thing is you you're you're born in this century, so you're going to live to a hundred. So you, you've got a long life ahead of you. Well, that's what the records say, anyway. So, uh, yeah. how did cricket start for you? The cricket started following my dad around. He was second team captain of Harpen Cricket Club in the Hertfordshire League, where I'm from. Um, and yeah, I essentially grew up at the cricket club. Uh, I loved it there. It was my second home. I remember netting. Um, you know, when when Dad side were in the in the field, I'd just go and grab anyone from maybe the home batting side or another kid my age, and we'd go and play in the nets there. 
Um, so I've, I know Hertfordshire um, cricket grounds pretty well from my, my days following my dad around. Um, and obviously playing with my brother in the garden, he's, he's two years younger than me. So we've had a remember playing test matches, um, you know, recreating test matches in the garden. Oh, yes. Remember those? Yeah. And the, my mum, you know, she got quite annoyed because the, the garden was so worn out by the end of every summer that it looked like it, you know, had seen many overs of cricket, which it had. So, um, yeah, fun memories for sure. Um, and you know, it's nice to still go back to Harpenden as and when. My, bro- my brother still plays there and I, I work my way up through the, through the sides. Um, they've got six when, sides. When did, you fir- when did you first start playing for Harpenden? How old were you? Um, I'd say adult cricket, I was about 10, 11. So I started in the, the, the 15. That was the, the kind of lowest side then. They've now got six teams. So um, I, did, I think I did play a game for the sixth once. So I, I played for every side, the, the sixth up to the first team. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I left there with a heavy heart, really, having to move to the Birmingham League. But, um, you know, I've got certainly a massive um, formative time playing cricket there. And yeah, I've, 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 they'll live, live with me forever, for sure. And were you always a bowler from, from the beginning? Yeah, yeah, I've always been a bowler. Um, I was always I, I, I was tall growing up, and then um, kind of had a had a growth spurt a bit later on. So, uh, but yeah, I've always been always been a bowler. I can I can bat a bit when needed, but uh, yeah, always been a bowler, a bit like my dad actually. So, how did you come from playing for Harpenden to actually uh, move to to Birmingham? Because I noticed you played for Warwickshire under fourteens, fifteens, and seventeens. Sure. So. Um, I ended up going to Shrewsbury School um, on a on a cricket cricket scholarship, which was just about um, yeah northwest of Birmingham on the on the Welsh border, about an hour away. So I, I went there, and uh, Paul Greetham, who um, is now the academy director at Warwickshire, he was previously head of sport at Shrewsbury, so he was there for a term, and he coordinated um, me going to Warwickshire. But interestingly enough, for my first term there, I remember going for a trial at um, at Edgbaston. In order to get through to the county um, selection, you had to go through the district process. So I was, I think I got drafted into the, the central Birmingham district, even though I was from Shrewsbury and um, at the time coming from Shrewsbury. And um, I didn't get in, um, which was, I was pretty gutted about. And I remember Paul Greetham at the time, he was in between jobs. So he wasn't actually at Warwick at the time, but he said he was, um, he, um, he rang me up and said, you're not in. Um, I'm going to have to wait and see to have a look at the squad. And if I think you're, you're good enough, then um, I'll, I'll bring you along to training. So I was very fortunate I had um, Paul fighting my corner uh, at the time because it was a massive confidence denter not being selected. Um, and yeah, I haven't really looked back since. So that was, you know, just, just proves that selection and um, trials can be a, a funny old process. Well, good for you. It must have been a bit of a, uh, as a youngster, when you get a knockback, uh, you think that you're not going to, achieve what you you want to achieve yeah it was it was it was I suppose like any any young cricketer you're going to have setbacks and I was fortunate enough to have mine at a fairly fairly young age um, which um, yeah I guess proved to me how much I, I wanted to, to go on and um, play as much cricket as I could so yeah and when you left school did you always want to go to university um, yeah I think so that was always a, a plan um, it all kind of fell into place really going I ended up in that, currently at University of Birmingham and that was um, more by luck than, than judgment and you know when I went to university I wasn't I didn't have a contract and then um, that for my first summer at university I got my first contract so 
it all happened and fell into place quite smoothly rather than um, all planned. But yeah, I've, I've been very lucky in that sense, being able to um, balance university and, and cricket as well. And what, what subject are you studying? Studying straight history. Um, so I'm currently currently writing my dissertation. Um, that's on um, kind of Indian nationalism in, in colonial Bombay between 1921 and 1945. So it's um, yeah, it's, it's it's a good way of keeping my mind off of cricket and everything and balancing. That's been a been a challenge, but I've enjoyed it at the same time. Oh, it's certainly different from uh, playing cricket. So it's Gandhi and people like that, is it? Uh, yeah, Gandhi and. Um, the British British authorities, so you know, Ramsay Macdonald was the the Prime Minister of Britain during the period, and you had the Prince of Wales, and I think that was Edward. Uh, he was he came to visit. Um, so yeah, some um, historic figures for sure. But yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. Yeah, Oliver Oliver or Ollie Hannan Dolby told me you were doing history because we we were having a history subject when he was a guest on the uh, yeah I heard the, um, as well about Stamford that, Bridge. That was, that was, yeah, medieval stuff rather than um, yeah, more modern. That's right. So has it been difficult um, studying as well as playing cricket, especially during a, a pandemic? Yeah, it has been difficult, but, um, you know, I've managed, you know, after training you know, in the winter, you, you go and, um, you know, you go and sit in the library for a few hours and, and work where you can. It's, I've actually really enjoyed it. I won't, I won't lie, I've, I've enjoyed being able to switch off and there'll be moments where you, you, you know, it's full on and, you know, you're, you're in different shoes to everyone else in the squad, but I can't complain, really. I've, I've really enjoyed it. So I'd, I'd recommend it to anyone, but, um, for sure. It, it means that you, you know, you, you're, you don't close any doors as such, do you? You know, the doors are always open. You know, professional sport can be an unforgiving place and injuries or lack of form and suddenly you're, you know, you're out in the open. So it's, um, yeah, certainly keeping more doors open than closed. And are you in your last year at uh, uni? Yeah, final year now. So finals coming up. That's going to be a challenge balancing those with, with cricket. But I'll have a few comments. And give Warwickshire they do. They've been really, really good and flexible. Um, because obviously I started the degree before having a contract. So there was no um, you know, remit for negotiation there. So, But yeah, so far so good. But I think ask me in two months time and I might, <laughs> might give you a different answer, but we'll see. Right, yeah. Well, with um, you know short-term contracts, and as you say, you can get injured. Um, it's good to have another string to your bow with a with hopefully a successful degree behind you. Yeah, I think so, and not not just that. I think it's just just being able to switch off away from cricket and having a bit of perspective. It's, cricket's one of those games I find where you can get engrossed in it, and when you're in bad form or you know, you're bowling and you don't really know where it's going to go, it can you know indulge you in ways that. Um, you know, you can't switch off. Whereas when you've got to go and read about Gandhi or, or you no know, conflict in the Middle East, which is my other module, it's um, it certainly switches you off and, and puts perspective on it for sure. Certainly, well, cricket's a very mental game, so I can understand where you are there. Definitely. Well, getting getting back to cricket, looking up, you made your second eleven debut in the second eleven trophy in two thousand and eighteen. Um, then you're two thousand nineteen regularly playing for the, the Warwickshire second eleven. And then on August, 18th of August, 2019, you made your first-class county debut against Somerset. Uh, was that a surprise to you when you got selected? Yeah, it was, it was a surprise. That summer was, you may remember, Warwickshire had an abundance of injuries. Um, and there was one game where the, all the whole, every fast bowler on the staff was injured. So they had to 
loan all these um, seamers in. And at that stage, I was bowling okay in the second team. And I thought, well, you know, what, why am I not getting a go here? You, you're bringing all these all these bowlers, and you know, I'm stuck in the second team. Um, so at that stage, I did, I did have doubts, and I thought, well, if, if, I, if I'm not playing um, when we've got the you know the worst injury record on on um, on the circuit, then it's, it's never going to happen. But um, I kept plugging away, and yeah, I finally got my opportunity at, at home for Somerset. So. Yeah, it was, I suppose it was a surprise, but I, I was bowling well in the second team um, by that stage. So I, I felt like I deserved it and uh, I guess being selected merited that. And you're playing against a, a strong Somerset side. You've got James Hildreth, Dominic Best, the two the two Overtons, Tom Banson, and of course, Barbara Azam. And, and in the second innings, you've got Barbara Azam, LBW. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, well, it was Somerset and Essex with were, were um, you know, vouching for the title at, at the time, so Somerset had to win. You know, obviously, Babarazan was the overseas, and we all know how good Somerset are as a side. So yeah, that was that was that was a, a good test on debut for sure. But um, yeah, I, I go going to that game, I had a lot of confidence. I was bowling really well in the second team, and I think that that helped for sure. Yeah, and as you said, you played also against uh, Essex, and you got Dan Lawrence out, and against Knotts, all these these. Uh, uh, well-known players that you got out. You got Ben Duckett out and Ravi Ashwin out um, when you played Knots. What was it like playing against internationals? I suppose when you play against those sort of guys, you don't really um, appreciate it. In, I certainly don't feel I appreciated it that much when you're playing against them. It's more afterwards when, when you you know see them on the television or Ashwin this winter, for example, or Baba Azam, you know, how, what, what he's gone on to achieve. Because when you're in the game and you're top of your mark, you know you can't really think about the international caps and runs and wickets that they've taken. You have to just run in and bowl. And I suppose maybe through naivety and you know, being very young uh, off the press, I was, I was, um, I just ran in and bowled, and that, that probably helped me. I think. But yeah, maybe maybe now if I played played them, um, hopefully this season I might might consider a bit more, and that might change the way I bowl. But yeah, it was it was it's a real experience, all a bit of a blur, but. Um, Amazing, nonetheless. But as I said, you got eight wickets at thirty-seven in in three county games. And uh, what was the difference um, actually being on the field playing in a a first-class game with those sort of players than playing in a second eleven game? I suppose the the, the competitiveness of it. The, the there's a lot on every every ball, every game. We were kind of in, in a in a battle. We played against Somerset and Essex, who were two top sides. Just it, it just tests everything, like your physical strength, um, your psychological strength, um, patience. It's, it's just everything just is ramped up a gear. Not not to say that the game changes. You know, you still have to put it in the same place and do what you do in the second team. But it's you know, it's just a challenge. Um, and um, yeah, it, it certainly showed me how how um, how impressive it is to for these guys to have fifteen years career, fifteen year careers at the top level and day in day out coming back and doing the same thing because as a 19 year old it was tough on my body so god knows what it's like for someone in their mid-30s yeah when you like marcus trescothic when he was doing it for like 25 year type thing yeah amazing yeah yeah Yeah, for sure and when you played knots you actually faced um ashwin as well what was that like they were only for two balls but i didn't know that (laughs) yeah no i I went i went forward to the first one and then he I'm not sure what ball it was. I didn't pick it and I missed it and I was LBW. But 
um, yeah, I suppose the two brief balls were, were um, yeah, and a good experience for sure. I'd, I'd, I'd say um, Harmer was the biggest um, step up in in class facing him. Just, just the drop he got through the air was like nothing I'd faced before, and could certainly see why he he, he has done so well in England. Um, he's just yeah, an awesome bowler. And, um, yeah, I was suppose facing someone like him was uh, yeah a great experience and. Um, Hopefully, we'll stand me in good stead going forward. And 2020, well, it must have been a completely different season. It was for all cricketers, whether you played club cricket or or first class cricket. What cricket did you get yourself in 2020? So I played like like every club cricket. I suppose I played um, a whole club season. So on the Saturdays, I think we started in August and went through to September. So that was brief but enjoyable, and then. A couple of second team games, so very, very limited, which was frustrating. Having got myself set over lockdown and whatnot, and um, coming back after being locked away, like everyone was, um, was challenging. But I suppose you've got to look at it. You know, we were fortunate just to play any cricket. I think last summer, so um, hopefully I can use it as a positive and to become more hungry this summer. And you know, obviously, if the championship starts tomorrow as planned which is which is great news and um yeah he's got to park that now and, and um yeah look forward to hopefully years ahead because there was no second 11 cricket at all last season either was there no there was i think there was one we played one or a couple of games but that one more like makeshift um last minute and with the covid restrictions and everything and sanitizing after six overs it, was, it just wasn't the same but yeah it had, to, it had to be done and like I said, we were fortunate to get just just just, just a, a snippet of cricket. I'm I'm going to ask the next question. Well, I think you've probably already answered it, really. But um, how mentally tough it's been for for sportsmen and cricketers uh, during the the sort of COVID era. But do you think that being at university has has helped you a lot compared to what other people have been through? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean. There are only a few of us in the in the squad, myself and Ethan Brooks, that didn't hardly played any cricket last summer, and that was probably you know everyone else really played played more in the first team. They were more involved, so I suppose there was more um, there's more on it for them, and they had more direction and could be more driven as a result of that. But to answer your question, I mean, I've, of course, it's been challenging for pro sportsmen, but it's been challenging for everyone, hasn't it, in, in their own different ways. So I wouldn't say it has it hasn't been. Um, no, too bad from a personal perspective, and yeah, I'd say university probably has helped with that. But you know, we're, we're through the thick of it now, and um, yeah, like I say, I think a lot of people have been a lot worse off than professional sports people. So no complaints on that on that front. Now, as a young cricketer, I just want to ask you a few questions. Uh, do you can still consider Test cricket the pinnacle? Definitely, I certainly do. Um, being a a favour bowling with the red ball over the white ball um, any day. So um, I suppose from a selfish point of view, I prefer the longer format, but uh, I've grown up watching England um, you know, go to number one in the world uh, in test cricket. And I've been fortunate enough to watch England in um, Australia. I haven't gone there a few times. Yeah, I, for me, test cricket is a pinnacle. And yeah, it's 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 the biggest, oh, it's, it does what it says in the tin, I suppose. It is the biggest test of a cricketer. In, across the board and I think that's why it's, it's, it's got, to, got to remain it's just pinnacle for sure 
No, it's interesting to hear that because sort of my generation, you know, test cricket, you know, that's the ultimate. But I just wanted sure. to think what a, um, a someone born this century thought about um, uh, test cricket. And do you fear that uh, the white ball game will over, even overtake test cricket in the next decade? Or are you comfortable yourself that test cricket will still remain the, the top of the game? Um do I fear? I mean, I think the the ICC and the BCCI that that the, the dominance that the IPL has and the, the money it brings is obviously a massive factor. You know, there's, there's more to. It. I think there's more to it than a case of um, love for Test cricket. It's all about politics, isn't it, and, and money and that kind of thing. So probably a discussion to have for another day. I think in terms of do I fear for it, but I'd, I'd say um, just going off how. The young, the young cricketers at Warwickshire view it. Uh, you know, Red Bull is, is the pinnacle in, in the sense that it's the most testing. Um, but I, I'd, I'd say, you know, we've, we've got to evolve the, the game. Um, hopefully we'll have room for both because they're different challenges in different ways. Um, but who knows what happened? I know the, the county game, the financial burden of the, the COVID could, um, you know, that, that could have lasting implications but, but we'll see I know from my own point of view I want it to Red Bull's cricket to remain for, for the foreseeable well forever and are you excited about the 100 as well starting this year yeah I am excited about it I, I was certainly sceptical at first I, I, I question what, why do we need to you know, change the game is cricket not compl- complicated enough as it is but um, I think it's just a new brand it's 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 something different Um and yeah, I, th- I think we have to embrace it. It's it's, it's going to hopefully be- bring more people's um, cricket to more people's um, living rooms and put more bums on seats and that kind of thing, which, which can only be a good thing. And I do sympathise with um, uh, county fans and whatnot, and and being deprived of any um, county cricket at different periods within the summer. But um, it's certainly something you know it, it gives added motivation, isn't it, for for a young cricketer. Um, a short career at the end of the day and you know, the, the, the financial um, rewards of, of being selected within that are you know, life-changing in some ways, especially for, for county cricket, cricketers rather than the international. So to have that opportunity is um, amazing and, and you know, we're in a pri- pri- privilege to be able to you know, compete for those spots. But that, that, that takes nothing away from you know, Red Bull or, or the, the Blast or the one-day comp. You know, I think there's room for everything. Um, the more cricket the better and the more people watching it and talking about the great game and the better for sure yeah well, I agree I think we, we need all different types of, of cricket and uh, the 100's going to be on BBC television as well which is obviously going to um, exactly. highlight the game even more to young people and, sure. and and also with the 100 um, with players playing in, in that competition it will give opportunities for young players to play in the 50 over competition as well. Yeah, exactly. So from, from my own point of view, it's a, hopefully a window of opportunity where I get a um, string of games in a, in, a, in a whiteboard competition, which I wouldn't necessarily have had otherwise. So yeah, obviously with every cloud, there's a silver lining for some, I suppose. Yeah. And what, what are your hopes for the 2021 season? I suppose it's just trying to put my name in the hat. It's um, the, the start of the season is eight. I think eight back-to-back county championship games, which is um, going to be tasking on a lot of squads and stretch. So hopefully maybe get a few appearances there. 
being a Warwickshire, we've got a pretty large squad, um, which which makes it more difficult compared to being at other counties. But um, yeah, I think just just buy one in the second team and um, knock on the door, and that's all I can do. And then when an opportunity arrives, I've got to take it. That's the, the nature of the game. And you know, I think having listened to your podcast with Ollie Hannon Dolby, it's he's now one of the, the best red ball bowlers in, in England. And that didn't happen overnight. That happened, you know, for a, a formative period of, of being sidelined, coming back, uh, having to wait, be patient. So, yeah, I have to call it patient and do the right things and hopefully follow in the same footsteps as Ollie. We've got some good uh, pace bowlers to, to learn off at, um, at Warwickshire with, with Ollie, as you say, Ollie Stone and also um, Ashes winner Tim Bresnan. Yeah, for sure. And Chris Wokes when he's around as well. So Yes, of course, yeah. Yeah, so a, a, yeah, a great arsenal of um, of top bowlers and yeah, great to, great to learn from. And sometimes after I bowl in the nets, I'll just stand at the back and, and watch how they operate, which, um, yeah, great, great learning. And um, hopefully I can take everything I, I learned from them into, into my own game. And when, do, when does second team cricket start? Monday. So we've got a four-day game um, against Somerset at Portland Road um, in, in Birmingham and I think it'll be the, the last um, the last game without any spectators because obviously the, the well, actually when does the ruling change on spectators for not for until the seventeenth seventeenth of May we um, spectators oh really yeah I didn't know that I yeah. thought it was the twelfth okay so it's still got a, a while away but um, yeah that's that'd be a shame but no I'm looking forward to, to getting going and I was reading your your squad number is that still forty four. Yeah, 44, yeah. Yep. Why is it 44? That was the question, really. So, originally I wanted 22. That's been my number. Um, I had that at school and whatnot, but, but someone had already taken that. So, I thought, well, how can I um, how can I get as close to 22? And I thought, well, I'll double that. And went 44. So, yeah, that was pretty mundane. But, um, no, I think, I'm not sure when I asked. When I, I think Keith Cook, the operations manager at, uh, well, he's, he's a, a top man, and um, we're playing in a four-day game against Leicester, uh, no, uh, Worcestershire at Portland Road. And I think it was end of day two. Um, he arrived at lunchtime and, and pulled me aside and said, "Oh, can you sign this? Uh, this is your contract." So my first, I signed my first contract during a, a lunch break um, against Worcestershire in a, in a four-day game. He asked my number then. I think I said, "Well, what have you got?" I think I just said forty-four, knowing that Ryan Sidebottom had had 22 and then three days later I made my first class debut so you know tales like that just prove how um, how quickly these these things happen and um, yeah I guess 44 is part of that journey I suppose Yeah you often wonder how these players come up with an, well I say Chris Gale's got 3-3-3 on his back quite a lot but uh, uh, his highest score but uh, it's interesting yeah, I how we, some people get their numbers sort of thing. Yeah we played um, played a Knots last week and one of their batsmen had number one on their back um, so I'm not sure what that represents but you don't often see number one no um, you're also actually we're on a, a podcast that uh, talks about uh, horse racing and cricket and Ollie Hannan Dolby said that you like horse racing do you ever go to the races so I've been a, I've been a few times my, my brother's godfather's um a big horses man. He um, is fortunate enough to own what well, being a syndicate with a few horses. So he's taken me over to um, the Windsor races a few times on um, on the Monday nights. Um, 
yeah, and they've been good fun. Been a, been a, been a few times. I've been to a point to point over in is it, um, Bangor and D over in um, the yeah, northwest of um of England or the Welsh border around there. So I follow. I mean, I follow Cheltenham and um, obviously Aintree this weekend. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, my my cousin also um, is a stable boy, and um, I think Richard Hans. Oh um, yes, yeah, Hans yeah. Yard. He's just um, got a job there. So yeah, I, I wouldn't say I, I follow it religiously, but um, I'm certainly um, yeah, have a flutter every now and then, and I, I know the, the faces and whatnot. And it's it's a great sport, isn't it? It's um, evokes emotions when you have got you know, money on a horse and it's it's flying over fences and whatnot. It's um, yeah, a, a great great sport. Great sport. Oh, it's good to have someone on uh, who sort of uh, follows uh, horse racing as well. Now, this is a question I've been asking people recently, and on June the twenty first. We're supposed to be returning to some form of normality. Is there one thing that you'd like to do that you can't do at the moment on June the twenty-first? Um, well, I'm a, I'm a Bristol City football fan, so I've, I've missed going to the games um, a lot. Um, so, I suppose obviously it'll be off off season then. But as and when the time allows, I look forward to going to a ground. Uh, other than that. I just think that everyone just just being having the option and the, the liberty of, you know, if you want to go for a meal or see a friend for a drink or go for a coffee, it's it's always there. Just the the simple things, and when they're taken away, it, um, it means more than you think, doesn't it? So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Well, thank you for that, and thank you very much for being on the paddock and the pavilion. The very thank best you. of luck to you for the new season. Thanks and very much. Um, I must come down and see you and Ollie one day at, at Edgbaston. Yeah, definitely. You're more than welcome. And um, yeah, I look forward to seeing you in the flesh. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to The Paddock and The Pavilion. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and now on Instagram at The Pad and Pad. Don't forget, if you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review. Sports Social Podcast Network.